Welcome to another episode of Called to Marriage. It's Marcia and Thomas. It's Marcia and Thomas. Marcia and Thomas. <laughs> All right, so we're back with another one. Today we're talking about living together. And actually, now that I say that, I think. Are you thinking of something else? No, I was going to say, I think this is going to wrap up our marriage series. I think this is going to wrap up our marriage. You mean marriage. the getting married series? Yeah, like, oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we are called Call to Marriage after all, but <laughs> about our personal journey from our meeting all the way up till now, I think this is going to be the last portion of the series. It's been yeah. an unofficial series. Let's get right into it with the scripture, my love. So our scripture today is taken from Ecclesiastes chapter 4 from verse 9 to verse 12. And it says, Two are better than one, because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, one will lift up his companion. But woe to him who is alone when he falls, for he has no one to help him up. Again, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one be warm alone? Though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him, and a threefold cord is not quickly broken. This is the word of the Lord. (laughs) Thanks be to God. Amen. (laughs) Amen. I was just going to say what a scripture, yes. It's a good one. Yeah. Well, today we're talking about living together. (laughs) 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 All right. Living together. Let's jump right into it. Thomas and I, after getting married, I went home for a summer anyway. And then when I came back from the summer and we had our honeymoon uh, and we moved in together directly after that. So um, we lived together in a very small, quaint apartment. It's a humbling um, one. Yes. (laughs) At my school uh, where I work. And... It has really been quite a unique experience, I guess I could say. I'm not quite finding the words to describe (laughs) because I don't want to say it's been challenging because it has been challenging, but it's that's not really like the main feeling I have, huh? How unique has it been? Right. Like, so it's yes, it's been challenging, but it's it's also been so special so I feel like it's not even worthy to just lead by saying it, it's challenging. I just want to say it's it's been unique. <laughs> so, if I understand you, do you mean that it comes with its own challenges as good as it is? Like it's, it's good. It comes with its benefits, but it also comes with some challenges. Sure. Let's say that. So... Basically, the layout of our apartment is like you walk in and there's a very narrow hallway. You actually walk directly into the kitchen. Excuse me. There's a very narrow hallway, a bathroom. And that narrow hallway uh, on the left side has the bathroom and the, and the hallway leads into our bedroom. And that's it. And it's very small. The counter space is not much. Um, shelf space is not much. It's really a space probably for one person comfortably. But yeah. the two of us are here and... If we wanted to, if we had got started having children, a baby could also be here. <laughs> that would really be something. <laughs> we even got things out. Mm. We got a TV out. We got a TV stand out. Yeah, we removed things to try to make it more 
accommodating of the both of our things. Yeah. Uh, things that we both need. But um, in any case, so it's a small apartment. Now, what are the benefits? What are the challenges? Obviously, the challenge is that it, it's small. So mm-hmm. trying to fit all of our things and keep it tidy, you'd be surprised. It's a it's a catch-22 because it's, it's so small that it's, on one hand, not a lot of space to keep clean. But on another hand, you have so many things and trying to find a place for each thing and make sure everything has a, a spot and is organized is can be challenging. Yeah. <laughs> um, in addition, it's nice that we're in each other's space. We're forced to face each other. Um, we're forced to be in close quarters. We're forced to spend time to, with each other. And well, we want that anyway. We enjoy it. But it's it's also like if we need space, which sometimes we do. Sometimes we do need to get away yeah. and be in solitude. And that Sometimes you feel like you have nowhere to go. <laughs> yeah. Ain't so. you say it's a default? Yes, that's absolutely <laughs> correct. And I think it's ultimately been for the benefit of our marriage living in this in this sure. space. Yeah, Definitely. I'm really grateful. Can't really host guests that well, but... <laughs> yeah, it's not conducive for hosting. Yeah, so that's something we hope we can do in the future, but... Yeah. Um. Yes, so that has been really something. I don't know if you all have anything else to say about the size of our space, but <laughs> <laughs> I think you said it all. Yeah. Um what else? Living together. I mean, when you think about living together, you think about I mean, taking care of Sorry, things. let me interrupt you a little bit. Mm-hmm. We we do have an option or we did we still do have an option to change to a much bigger room if we wanted, but we just decided to stick with it. We were up for the challenge. Yeah, we just <laughs> wanted to challenge ourselves. First year of marriage, let's just live in this tiny apartment and just see how we can work with it. So yeah. we just gave ourselves a challenge and that's that's even good yeah. by itself. It's not as though we have no option. Yeah, we, that's right. We decided right. to yeah. live here and challenge ourselves. That's right. And we also mm-hmm. had plans to leave China. So that's that was part of the reasons that let's leave it so that it's even going to force us to limit the amount of things that we would accumulate. Right. So that when we are leaving, we don't have to leave with a lot of things or deal with a lot of trash and things to give away and all that. So mm-hmm. we forced ourselves to live such a humble life and it was very intentional. So as hard as it can be, it, it just still keeps us going because it was a decision of ours. We could have changed, but we didn't. We decided to stay here and mm-hmm. make it work. We have a little studio here. It's almost impossible. We are describing <laughs> the apartment we're describing, and we still we're in our bedroom, it. guys. <laughs> For those of you who can see it, it might look like we're in some kind of office or some separate space, <laughs> studio space. It's our bedroom. We've transformed it. <laughs> yeah. So if we can do it here, the goal is that if we can make it happen here, we can do it anywhere. Mm-hmm. So if we can live in this small, tiny apartment and make life work here, mm-hmm. then we can handle anything. Yep. And even when we are blessed with a lot more than we have now, we would be able to manage it well mm. because we've lived in, you know, a challenging place once. It's nice to start humbly, guys. It really is. I, I admire it. It's, it's, it's a blessing. It is, yeah. And it's nice to look back and see you started from somewhere, you know? Yeah. And you're headed somewhere. It's really a blessing. So... 
Yep, that's about the size of our living space. And as I was beginning to say, you know, there are habits and things, things we do in our in our homes. We sleep here, we clean here, we eat here, we shower here, etc. Um, so, how's that been for us, my love? It's been great. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, that's I agree. Answer. Yeah, I agree. So, you know, cooking was hard for me at first. Um, I'm not the kind of person who burns water, but <laughs> I'm certainly by no means a chef either. <laughs> and I had a very limited set of uh, meals, I could say. I had skills, some cooking skills, but as far as dishes that I could cook, oh, they were very limited. So, You're working progress. I are. am, I am. And over the past year and a half, I really have learned um, quite a lot of meals, but I'm still looking to learn more and also add a little bit more health. I don't yeah. think I cook that unhealthily. I feel like we eat out most of our unhealthy food, like burgers and fries. And yeah. I mean, I make burgers sometimes too, though, from scratch, but I think they're much healthier. And I put fries. onions and peppers you make fries and all too. that. Yeah. But um, like pizza, things like that. We usually eat out when we want to have that stuff. The things I cook, I think, hopefully are healthier. But anyway, I'm just proud of myself. That's the health aspect is something I want to bring in now, but I just am proud of myself for at least learning to sustain our family, so to speak, to at least cook regularly, to, you know, build a repertoire of sorts. (laughs) And then from now I can kind of refine it instead of feeling like I don't even know what to cook each and every day. I still feel like that sometimes though, but at least I, I I have quite a few that I... I think you've done very well. I, yeah. You've done so well. Thanks, Bay. Yeah. And it really she's, helps. She's done well. You've been really consistent. Yeah, I try my best. And well, yeah. my husband cooks too, though, which is great. Thomas is an excellent chef. He's better than me. And so even though I do, I probably do most of the cooking, especially more nowadays. But... Um, when you first got married? Yeah, excluding this week because everything we've eaten this week has been you. But I mean, in general, over the past, I don't know, few months since we came back, you know, from the summer, yeah, I've, you've been I've doing mostly a lot. been, yeah, been cooking. And that's but. because you also set out to do a lot. So yeah. I, I deliberately gave you the space and the room to grow. Yeah. Since last. Push myself. <laughs> you've been yeah. talking about, you know, learning to cook more dishes, you're looking at recipes. Yeah. So I just felt like you should have the space and just learn. You've been baking things. You've been doing so well. Yeah, and I used to be, things. you know, pretty insecure and stuff like that. I think I'm better at that too. When we first got married, sometimes I felt nervous when Thomas was in the kitchen because I was not that confident <laughs> and I felt like I didn't know what I was doing. And But now I feel like, I don't know, maybe you have to correct me, but I feel like I'm more confident. You are. That's what I'm yeah. saying. You've done well. You've changed. I've watched you grow. Yeah. So Thanks, that's good. It's a plus babe. to us. Yeah. <laughs> so, and actually, now we even the latest meals we cooked together. Actually, so even though yeah. you did lead and you cooked and you cooked really, but I was like your sous you chef and together, I, yeah, yeah, we worked together. So that's something that was a little bit hard in the beginning because of my own insecurities projecting themselves into <laughs> our mar- our relationship and marriage. Um, so cooking is there, cleaning is also there. He also is great at cleaning, but I think it's. What would you say? Because I, I don't. I'll let you lead to see if it matches what I was thinking about what? about cooking, like how it how it goes in our house. I mean, about cleaning. Did I say cooking? Um, I think we can do better. <laughs> but oh yeah, for real, I think we can do better. But it, I say that with a lot of grace for us because mm. 
it's it's not easy it's there is <laughs> on one hand you would feel like there's not a, a lot of space to clean it's like what am i cleaning but basically my focus is the bathroom and you know the, just the walk-in space and i think we've been doing well you know what i take it back <laughs> we've been doing well we we have been doing well to be honest we clean up the kitchen for most times right up to cooking mm. we wash the dishes and clean up the kitchen space because it's a tiny space and you don't want to leave dishes and all that and we've been taking we don't live in a home where we feel like the kitchen is always in a mess and the fridge is always in a mess we keep our stuff clean we've been doing well and what well, the thing that i like about our household is that we work together yeah that's, that's what i was going to say and what that's I was what gives me <laughs> most joy say. because it's not as though one person is in charge of this particular thing we mm-hmm. are we both feel responsible mm-hmm. in the kitchen i feel as responsible as you feel mm-hmm. when it comes to what we are going to eat mm-hmm. in the same way when it comes to who how clean the bathroom is how clean the kitchen is how clean the bedroom is and for some reason i feel like god has given us so much wisdom to you know go through that because that's these are points of conflict in marriage mm-hmm. that we feel like you should be doing this you should be doing that and nobody's really taking responsibility and we have it the other way where we both feel responsible to make sure the house is clean and so it brings us together and we find ourselves doing things you know you just do it you just clean the bathroom you just clean the kitchen i just do the dishes sometimes after my wife is done cooking sometimes she also asks babe i'm really tired can you take care of the dishes for me and it's fine i don't feel like i i can't do it and i do it with fun mm-hmm. like okay sometimes i wake up in the morning and i'll just go do it and just set it up and sometimes she would just do it So it's been working for us. She makes the bed. I make the bed too. Right? Mm. Yeah. She wipes the table, I wipe the table too. She cleans the floor, she sweeps. You swept and then after that I mopped, <laughs> right? <laughs> so it's just nice. That's the point. The, the fact that we're working together and we both feel responsible. And me as a man, I would say though, and this is something I've said over and over. I feel much more responsible for what the house is. I must be honest. When I see that the house is in an order and it's not in a way that I would like it to be, the first thing that comes to my mind is that this is my house. And if it's not clean, then I have to clean it. I don't necessarily expect my wife to do it. I don't look to her first when I look around the house and it's not in order. I feel like boy you should put your house in order and that's my attitude because i live I, i i think it's a lot of things put together that give me that attitude or personality i lived with my mom and i did a lot of things as a boy and i felt responsible in the home i was expected to sweep i was expected to do the dishes i was expected to make sure there's water in the fridge so i feel the same way in my marriage and even much more i when i think about being the husband of the house i feel like if the fridge isn't clean you clean it and i feel that first and my wife is gracious enough thanks to god that she's able to say 
let me do this, babe. I, I I can do this. Just leave that for me. You can take care of the other things. And that dynamic works together for us. And thanks to God. I've got three things to say. Number one. The number one is a repetition of what you said. So these are all three things I learned from Thomas. The first is that he has a sense of ownership for our house. It's not a sense of ownership over me that I need to do X, Y, Z. Although I would love to do my best to be a good homemaker and a good wife, but he feels like, well, this is my house too. So if I want to, if I want my house to be a certain way, then I'd better take care of it because it's mine too. I don't have to feel like yeah. I have a maid who's going <laughs> to yeah. take care of me or my home. It's my home. And second of all, he taught me, and this was, yeah, we, we had a different upbringing in the sense that in the same sense that he feels ownership over him, his home, he feels like he deserves to live in a certain, you know, in oh, a clean yeah. in a clean space. And so that was a, a difference between us where, I mean, I should feel the same way. And I think my mom feels <clears throat> that way too. But for whatever reason, the part of my upbringing that latched to me more was- the, Oh, she's amazing. <laughs> the part that I latched onto more was more the idea that, oh, like I need to keep up for other people because I want for when people to come home. Uh, it's not just it's not just for appearances for them not to judge me, but it's also for them genuinely to feel comfortable. Yes, in my home. I don't yeah. want you to feel like you come to my home and you can't eat there. I'm not you don't feel care of you. Yeah, not only I'm not taking care of you, but you just don't feel comfortable. Like yeah. you know, there's people you go to their kitchen, you're like, I'm not gonna eat here. No, I want you to feel like, oh yeah, <laughs> this place is here. immaculate. You can eat my food, yeah, you can, can use, use my, my dishes. Cups. Yes. So you know, we had to kind of merge those, you know, so it's not, you don't just clean for other people to serve other people. You deserve that too. You deserve to live in a clean space. Yeah. You deserve to take care of your home for yourself. So that's the second thing I learned from Thomas. And the third thing I learned um, about living together and, you know, taking care of the home is, and, and marriage is that, and this is a tip, pro tip, marriage pro tip, <laughs> take it, okay? <laughs> okay. It is not, when it comes to, you know, the home affairs and stuff, it is not about this is your job and this is my job and um, something like that. I don't, I, I don't know if I'm going to explain it the best way. Basically, it, it's about serving one another. Yeah. You run to do something. You run to serve the other person by doing the dishes, by making the bed or whatever, instead of feeling like, like pointing the finger, like maybe we had, right. yeah, because at some point we had a schedule um, and that was fine. It didn't work so poorly for us, but we just, we ended up not really needing it anymore. And I was even um, us coming together to say, oh, let's just do it every two weeks. Yeah. And just to we, help yeah. be more regular. That was about cleaning the bathroom, by yeah, the way. Yeah. Just so. cleaning the bathroom. Yeah, but um, yeah, your marriage will work so much better if you do things to serve each other and then you're finding them done versus yeah. holding each other to certain rules and mm -hmm. saying, oh, he's not doing this and, I'm, and she's not doing that. And then you're going to find yourselves at odds, you know, instead of you feeling like you need to do something that's your responsibility and he feels like his is his responsibility and everything gets done, yes, but you kind of give yourself credit and and at the same time when it's not done, then you, you fight. But approach your, your marriage in a way that we're both doing for one another. Even if it's his turn 
in quotes too, maybe clean the bathroom or something if he doesn't have a chance to do it, if he's busy or whatever, instead of moping and thinking, yeah. oh, he didn't do it, you do it. You can take it up. You can do it, yeah. It doesn't matter. And it, it's gonna uh, it's gonna have the exact same result in terms of everything in the house is gonna get done. We are running to serve each other to, to help uh, like arrange the house. Everything is gonna get done. But the end result is different in the sense of our emotions and our attitude how we feel about mm. it. We feel so pleased because when he does something maybe I was supposed to do that I didn't have a chance to do, I feel served, I feel loved, I feel that there has that there was grace extended to me. And likewise, when I do something for him, I also feel a sense that I got a chance to yeah. serve him. I feel like um, I did something godly. I yeah. can say it that way, yeah, because service mm -hmm. is godly. So I was I was able to demonstrate my love through an act of service. I think that's really, really important. So it's just a shift of attitude. You're still getting the things done, but you're not doing it, you know, you for yourself and him for himself. You do it for one another and then you feel good about it. You're serving one another, you're loving one another. Yeah. yeah. There's nothing, by the way, you, you've made excellent points. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's mm -hmm. good. I took notes myself. There's no, there's nothing as holy as God, or there's no one as holy as God, and there's nothing as holy as the ways of God and the ordinances of God. And marriage is one of the ordinances of God. And I can't stress on the importance of thinking and understanding and constantly reminding myself that this is a ground for me to be closer to God. Marriage is the grounds on which I constantly die to myself. I mean, otherwise I become much more selfless. So my expectation is to be more selfless next year than I am this year. I want to look back to say, last year I couldn't let go of this for my wife's joy or for my wife's excitement. This year I'm doing it. And that is my number one measure of marriage or how well I'm doing in my marriage as a person who has been joined to another. So that is very essential. In the home that I grew up, my mom would never let me hide my socks <laughs> when we had visitors. And uh, I played soccer and there were times when I had dirty socks and we would have someone come visit us and I would want to take things, you know, hide my shoes. And she says, no way. You are going to leave everything as it is. They are going to come and find your dirty shoes, your dirty <laughs> socks, and they'll know what kind of boy you are. You go out there and you paint a picture of about you to them. They're here in your home. They're going to know the true you here in the South. So I feel like that influenced me, and thanks to my mom. So I, I lived every day as though somebody was going to come. I wasn't living for someone necessarily, but by doing that, it formed my character such mm -hmm. that I come home, I soak my socks, I clean my shoes, I put them away, I wash my socks, and the socks are hanging outside, drying. I put everything away, I tidy up the place, maybe there would be somebody, and my mom would never tell me if there was going to be someone <laughs> until, you know, at the last minute. So I grew up like that, and I learned that, that I deserve better as much as I give everyone else so if i feel like the person who's going to visit me is so honorable and you know they deserve 
a better treatment. They deserve my cups to be clean. They deserve my sofa to be organized, my living room to be well put up. I deserve that too, and maybe more because it's my space and I need to feed myself that too. If that is good for them, then that is obviously good for me too. And I think I carried that into our marriage. And so when I see something that isn't good, like when I, it's hard for me to leave dishes after I cook. I can't, I can't even eat after I'm done cooking. I have to wash everything and make the kitchen and leave the kitchen in a way that I can just jump the next day to start cooking without worrying about this isn't clean, this isn't that, this isn't clean, and that isn't clean. So that is good. But the point is that we are called to serve each other, like you said. We are called to die to ourselves. And this is what makes marriage with Christ even more important. When you don't think that way, when you don't imagine yourself that way, when that is not your focus, when that is not your goal, I don't know how people who don't, believe in this truth feel. I, I really don't know how they make it work. But for me, it's something I'm chasing after, something I want to be. So I look out for opportunities to serve my wife. I'm not always perfect at it, but the me just thinking about it alone, just knowing that God wants me to be selfless, to die like Christ. You know, Philippians 2, Paul said that Christ did not consider equality with God and he made himself of no reputation and he humbled himself to the death, even death on the cross, which was the shameful death. And the result of that is God has also exalted him and given him a name that is above every name. So just imagine the two of us dying to ourselves to serve each other. The result of that is going to be that our marriage is going to be prospering. It's not us. It's 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 the hand of God doing it. Yeah. But it's the willingness to just die to Christ See, I, I don't want to be faithful just because of anything else, but because of God. I, I fear God. I, I want to be faithful to my wife. I don't want to go into adultery and all things because I fear God. And the result of that is my commitment to my wife. So it is not for me to first try hard to commit. It is for me to first go to God and say, I fear you. I respect you. I revere you. And because of that, I would never be entangled in any affair with any other woman except the one that you've given me. The results that produces is my commitment to my wife. And that excites her. That gives her security. That makes her feel like she has a place. So you see, the, the first side is the most important. And when you don't have that figured out, sometimes you can win. Sometimes you can overcome certain things. But I tell you, when the fall comes, it becomes great because your, your grounds, the foundation is weak. I don't want to please God. My intention is not necessarily out of my fear of God. Then it's shaky. It can change any time. So that I, I just expect my wife to do certain things. But in my home, I also feel like, and I want to say this lastly, I also imagine marriage as a site for me to grow in leadership. So... Marriage, to me, it's like a site God has given me to grow in leadership in, in any way. It could be, I don't know where he's going to call me to be a leader, but I need to take responsibility for my home. First, just as a human being and also as a husband or a man in my, in my marriage. So I look around and I feel like, okay, let's, I'm just imagining that this is my, the company that I'm managing. 
why am I being called to solve a certain problem or to, you know, contribute myself to deal with a certain thing, to serve the needs of the stakeholders in this house. Now it's only my wife. Later it's going to be my wife and my kids. So having that attitude, I think, helps a lot. So in me, that's what is going on. But to her, it comes out as service. See, so seeking to please God to her becomes service. To her becomes love. To her becomes understanding. And so what, what happens, the more I want to please God, the more I want to say, okay, God, you've appointed me the husband of this house. What can I do? What It's not clean. I'm not too big to clean, am, am I? No, I'm not. So I, I want to go down and clean. What did Christ do? He washed the feet of the disciples. Am, am I bigger than my master? Of course not. I can't go down and clean my own house for my wife mm. to walk around and feel clean. I can't pick up a brush, clean the bathroom. I can't do the dishes. I can't cook for my wife. Jesus cared for the disciples. He's the one who laid his life. And I'm, I'm watching him. He's the one that I want to be like. I want to be like him. I want his kind of leadership. And if that's what I truly want, there is no way I'm going to feel like I'm too big to do that. You see, it takes away those earthly things, things that society would say. That, oh, men are supposed, are not supposed to do this. Men are not supposed to do that. See, culture changes. If you look at any culture that you've been given and you model your life solely on that, the next decade who knows it's going to change and become something else so i don't bet my hopes on culture i respect culture i was brought up in a cultural place in a society that celebrated culture and i respect that i have some of that in me but the core of me is set on christ i look at him and i want to be like him the leader that he was and i want to model that in my in my life and in my home and in my family as well and it's a constant walk i'm learning new things every day. I'm being challenged every day. And I believe that he's making me more like him. And uh, so to add, as a disclaimer, this is what works for us. Do what works for you. But the foundations of what we're saying are very applicable to everyone's marriage. And so I'm saying that to say, if you are someone who doesn't know how to cook and your wife is willing to cook and she loves to cook, it's really great. You don't have to go into the kitchen. If you're someone who is really great at cleaning the floor and you are dedicated to always, your wife doesn't have to touch the floor. You will always sweep, always mop. You know, do the dynamic that works for you. But the point is you are working together and still ultimately you are serving each other as it relates to the home in general. You are working together as a team to accomplish the things in the house. Um, So... Um, the things I wanted to touch on next very quickly, because time is escaping us, um, about living together. Another thing I love about us and our dynamic is that we are very playful and I think it keeps the atmosphere (laughs) light most of the time. So I, I love that. And I would encourage you don't take things you know, too seriously, seriously all the time. Yeah. Yeah, you, should <laughs> you should play. You should laugh. You should be silly and obnoxious, you know, in a good way, I mean, you know. Yeah. And I think it will bring, yeah, levity to the to make each other laugh. Yeah, to the marriage, to your house, joy. So I would encourage that. And we have a lot of that. Um habits. 
So there are bad ones, there are good ones. Um, as far as living together, we try our best to establish good habits, especially now that while we don't have kids, it's it's nice to establish habits that our kids will come into them instead of us trying to now scramble to figure out after we've had children how to instill good habits into them. And so we do our best to pray together, to have Bible study together, to eat our meals together, to... We've been eating together since we got married. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, do so many things together. Even this podcast we're doing together. We I mean, shower we do together. Things together. Oh, we do. We do. <laughs> yes. And it's a blessing from on high. Yes, it is. So... Good habits are important. Bad habits, they are there, you know. It's because we're not perfect. So, for example, he was talking about that he does the dishes right after he cooks. It's admirable. I strive to do it. Sometimes I do it, but a lot of times I don't do it. A lot of times I leave the dishes. And sometimes he'll do them or sometimes... Uh, I'll just get around to doing them later when I have a chance. And we try not to, you know, let our, each other's bad habits get under each other's skin. Just like I said earlier, you know, approach your household with a spirit of selflessness and not selfishness. So as much as you can help another, help your partner where they're weak, I think it's a good thing um, and give them lots of grace. Um and then the last thing, I don't, before I get to the last thing, is there anything else you want to say on those two topics? Oh, when you said weak, you reminded me of Romans 15. Mm. So Romans chapter 15 from verse 1, the Bible says, We then who are strong ought to bear with the scruples of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good, leading to edification. Mm. For even Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached him, who reproached you, fell on me. For who, whatever things were written before were written for our learning, and we through the patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. Now may the God of patience and comfort grant you to be like-minded toward one another, according to Christ Jesus, that you may with one mind and May with one mind and one mouth glorify the Lord, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Mm, that's a great addition. So mm-hmm. God is called the God of patience and comfort. Mm. And that has always, you know, been one of my anchors. That the God that I serve is called the God of patience and comfort. So I, I fall sometimes. There are, there are times when I, I see myself going off and then I have to remind myself, you serve a God of patience and I'm required to be more patient. I'm required to be more confident of my wife. So it calls for a lot of understanding Mm -hmm. and you have to really, even if you think, even if I think that I'm better at something than her, I'm called to bear with her weakness. Mm. That is what will give her time. Mm-hmm. Like my cooking, and to it learn. has improved. Yes, yes. You started yeah, out better. And it has You're improved. still better. But <laughs> yeah, but I've improved. Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. so that's something that I'm mindful of. That mm-hmm. the Bible says, let him who thinks he standeth take heed lest he falls. Mm. I, I have so much hope in my wife. I have no doubts the kind of wife she's going to be, the kind of mother she's going to be. I see that. I saw that before we got married. I still see that. I I tell them to her that no matter what you're telling yourself now, there is someone else I see in you and it's unfolding and I'm expectant. So 
it it really requires a lot of patience to behold or see all the things that you're seeing about your wife. And if you're not seeing anything, please force talk to God more, mm-hmm. pray more, look at your wife more, observe her more, and just look at her. You can tell. Can you tell that from ten ten years from now, she's going to be a certain person, and try to help her work towards that the vision is very important if you don't see anything about your wife and all you see is her weaknesses or her weaknesses now it's going to be very challenging for you so come down look at her look through her just as god does with us and be able to tell that she is struggling with this thing now but i can tell that 10 years 20 years from now five years from now, two years from now, she can be this kind of person. And I want to be a part of that. And then you contribute towards that. You help her. She might not even see it, but you can see it. And then you help your wife in that way. Uh, We are called, Philippians 2 says, that we should think of others better than ourselves. And it's a daily struggle. It's an everyday thing that we have to keep doing, that I need to look at my wife and say, I want to be a part of your greater self. And how can I help? Maybe it calls for more patience. It calls for more understanding and more grace. And when you're not able to do the dishes, I have to do it. So that as you learn to do the dishes right after you cook, I would fill in those gaps. And finally, maybe you're going to become a mother and you're going to be good at it. You're going to be excellent at cleaning. And then you can also pass it on to your you know, child and how to clean and how to do all that. So we are all called with things, with gifts. And what we need to do is to look at how to use the gifts we have to serve others or to serve our wife or our spouses. So if I'm called to cook and I, I know how to cook, why is it that I lived with a mother who taught me how to clean, taught me how to cook, taught me how to go to the market and buy groceries and all that? Why? Why did God give me such a mother? Perhaps and truly for my marriage. And now I have a wife who needs all that. And I have to give because I've been giving because the Bible says, what do you have that you did not receive? And if you received, why should you even boast about it? So I just have to serve my wife with all that God has given me. Yes. And well, just sorry, a little addition, because in your case, you're saying I need, which is true. And I would but I would argue that every woman would appreciate it. So if you're if you're a man who maybe your wife is an excellent cook, a good homemaker, you know, very domestic or domesticated, I don't know what the right word is. Uh, but if you have great cooking skills and cleaning skills at well, as well, you don't have to sit and not lay a finger because your wife's got it. It oh, yeah. still means that you can contribute. You have the skills so you can relieve some of her pressures or her burdens so that, you know, especially if you guys have kids and stuff, I mean, she's probably has a lot going on. You guys are a team doing working on everything together. So if you have skills, put them to use for the good of your marriage. Don't just, you know, sit and let your skills decrease over time. Those yeah. good things that you learned. Yeah, put them put them to practice. So And one other way, let me quickly add this. Mm-hmm. One other way I think about this is that, you know, mothers hold a huge place in the lives of their children mothers have a direct touch with their kids from pregnancy through to you know giving birth and raising them and so what i want to be doing is that if there is any good thing in me i should be able to relay it to my wife it's not that i'm going to beat 
hair on the head and you know expect her to just learn what I know but I have to show it to her show it to her just constantly expose her to all the goodness that I have in me and it has an effect see she's going to end up having a, that direct touch with our kids and even before my kids of course I'm going to be in the house too but it even makes it better if she can understand all the goodness that I have and she can be used to it to the point where she can also teach them to the kids she doesn't have to do it the same way that I do it but she just knows that there is another better way of doing it you see you can do your I don't know why we keep using the whole washing dishes thing but mm-hmm. you can wash your dishes it's a real example in our lives <laughs> you can wash your dishes the day after you cook oh but how good would it be if you can do it right after you cook and keep your kitchen clean so it's an exposure and it would be a nice thing for our kids to see and so with or without me she knows that even though i can do my dishes tomorrow but actually i think i want my kids to do better and i'm going to do it for them to see that if you can do it this way it can be better just as your father does it and so just show your spouse and if you're a man is the same thing just if you don't know anything and your wife knows it more than you do just humble yourself and just let her bless you with that let her love you just give her a chance to love you and humbly you're going to emulate that it takes time but you both have to be patient when you know that we are going to the end which is that we're going to become better and it doesn't matter how long it takes it can take a year two years five years 10 years but we're going to become better at it mm-hmm. uh do you want to deal with that or just continue just continue The last thing I was just going to bring up briefly, I recognize that it, it perhaps could be its own episode, uh finances. But I just want to at least brush on the topic because it does have everything to do with living together, of course, right? We buy yeah. things together, we use things. So finances. Um in our marriage, what works for us and I think it's advisable, but I I think I've heard of I think people doing it other ways and it also working. Um so I don't want to judge that but for us we put everything together and that's what works for us. We talk through every aspect of our finances. Um we don't scrub them down to every single detail but as far as the major categories of our finances dividing up, you know, the budget. Uh we talk about it and we agree on it and I think it's healthy um and it works for us. So in the same breath so that is to say we've agreed on categories and what goes in them for example to pay bills for example to tithe for example to you know for groceries transportation whatever but in the same breath i also would say it is healthy within the budget to have a part of it that's your own <laughs> so we do have that little bit too so we do have flexibility it's not like not like we have to come to each other about every single purchase and we don't anyway if i go to walmart and getting something under groceries i don't have to talk about it um if i'm going to pay a bill we know it's there and there's money allocated for it we don't have to talk about every decision but on top of that the money that's just ours maybe for something personal we want to buy it doesn't fit into the grocery category it doesn't necessarily fit into the you know transportation category or whatever it's just something we maybe need for ourselves or want for ourselves or something we want to do so we have that um in our budget as well and i think that also helps so you know so you can feel some sense of autonomy i think that's yeah. that's healthy so um Yeah, that's how we do things. I'm sure maybe there are other ways, but it helps so that we're 
we agree and we don't we're in we're in agreement and unity on on our finances and that works for us yeah long yeah. story short <laughs> mm-hmm. i think we 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 just enjoying the liberty of the, the freedom and the liberty that we have in christ in our marriage as well mm-hmm. see the same way we talked about doing things in the house where we are not bound to anything it's not like there are strict laws we do have boundaries and rules that we have set ourselves mm-hmm. but there is so much room Mm-hmm. And the most important thing is the room to be able to make mistakes. Mm. I think it's it's very essential in marriage. So you want to be in a place where you feel like mistakes are allowed. We our mind are learning. See, when we know that we are both learning, we are not experts at anything. So there is less expectation of what each person should be, and there is a lot of room to try things together. And that is good. I think I find that as a pivot of um, the wisdom God has given us in our handling of in the handling of our finances, where you can make a mistake. It's it's okay, but we do have things that we have set in place. But it's not like a strict legal rule. And we do talk. Communication is also very essential. Mm-hmm. And we're constantly talking about what we are doing, and there's transparency. Mm-hmm. And Again, I would say it's only we're able to only live like that because we feel like there's room for us to even make mistakes. And when we, you make a mistake, you don't feel as though um, there is almost no chance for you again. So we're transparent. We talk about what things we are spending our monies on and all that. And we also understand how dynamic we are. My wife enjoys going out to work. She enjoys to go to the coffee shop. She enjoys the ambience to get out of our tiny apartment and work. And so she's going to end up buying maybe coffee or tea. And that's that's fine. That's cool. I don't. I can sit here and work from 1st January to 31st December. And that's fine with me. Mm-hmm. I have the mental space for it. We are different. different things you and so, yeah, money. she doesn't have to feel like um, you, you're, you're not spending like in the way that I am spending and I, I don't have to spend or I'm misusing the budget. She's not. She's being efficient when she goes out to work and we understand that and it works for us. And sometimes I go out with her too just to sit with her and I buy tea too just to feel the way she feels. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we both enjoy it so that, yeah. you know, it, it won't, she, when she looks back at, you know, going to the coffee shop, I'm there too. There have been times when, especially this month, we've gone out to I really appreciate spend it. monies on tea together. And I'm part, I'm a corporate too, even if it's bad. So yeah, and I I like cameras, I like video, I like technical stuff, gadgets, computers and all that. So I might also spend money to buy a thing or two. But five or ten. <laughs> <laughs> Although people have been supporting me though. So yeah. And we, we just understand each other. There is room for growth. You see, that is the most important thing, I think. The fact that we are learning. We are not experts. Nobody is treating each, the other as though they are novices and they are the experts. No, we, we, are, we are learning. And in any learning environment, there's room for mistakes. There's room for correction. There's room for much more learning. An improvement so that's good and with our finances i don't work by the way so this is really important too i forgot mm-hmm. to talk about it i'm a student now and she's the one she's the only one working <laughs> and that's how we got married so he should tell you she give you an idea of how 
much tension it can bring in our marriage if we could. allow ourselves mm-hmm. it could bring to a marriage yeah. but it doesn't <laughs> yeah. hardly anyway <laughs> we've never experienced any I don't know if never is the word but we mm-hmm. we don't argue I, over hardly money. is the word we hardly I would say I, I can't even remember the last time but I wouldn't say never it's been that we and it's not argue is not even the right word either we've had to talk about I would say it that way Yeah. we've had to address just to make sure we're on the same page about certain things but exactly. it's not really an argument or anything we re- we understand each other understanding key factor in living together yeah mm. and for me as a man it's also been a humbling experience mm. until i got married i had never been in a, a situation where i had to allow someone to take care of me really i as a young man i i i come from a gold mine in town i bought and sold gold I have always been independent. I've always found myself to be helping others, to be giving to people. People always look up to me, and I I've never been in a situation where I had to be helpless and let my wife or someone else help me, except of course when I was a child with my parents, but after we got married I had to do that and I think it's I believe strongly in my heart is why it was one of the ways God used to draw me closer to himself. where I had to learn a lot more patience, a lot more humility, a lot more understanding and just allow myself to be loved and not always feel like I'm the one giving, I'm the one giving. This time I had to take and bless others too for their labor of love for me and my wife has been very good. She never gives me I I've never felt like the money we have in the house isn't mine. It's it's ours and matter of fact she She just she basically puts me where I need to be and sometimes I feel like wow that is a huge blessing like not every man has it that way and in fact this is the reason why most young men ask her to get married and she is not like that she I'm we are one really we are mm-hmm. one when it comes to our finances mm-hmm. and so it gives me a thought about you know when both of us are working or when I am the one working Like she set a pace. She's set a, an excellent pace that I have no moral right to do it any other way apart from how she did it and even better. And I I believe that God is going to take care of us when things change and we both work and you know, I am the one working and I have something to look on. I have her experience to look on and I have her to talk to. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Well, yep. So, yes, we're one. Everything I have is his. Everything he has is mine. You know, let me just p- throw this in there too. Speaking of finances, since we're being real, all the way real, you know what I'm saying? So, <clears throat> here's how I looked at it. Well, that it doesn't matter anyway. Even if I didn't have the loans, it would have been the exact same. Oh, you're going to talk about But, your student loans? Yes. You know, sometimes I feel like I'm not sure what people think from the outside when they hear something like that like, "Oh, she brings in bread <laughs> and he's not working. He's a, he's a full-time student, especially Chinese she's a people." Oh. When yeah. Chinese people hear it, they're like, "Oh my god, yeah. Your husband's a, a full-time student?" <laughs> But I folks, he is richer than me, and that is an objective fact. Okay? <laughs> because i am tens of thousands of dollars in student loan debt and he is debt free 
And so even though I earn money, yes, I do. And it's by God's grace alone. I have also simultaneously, while bringing money into the marriage, brought debt into the marriage. (laughs) That is also his. Like I said, what's mine is his and what's his is mine. (laughs) Yeah, it's a good exchange. Just like the one we had with Christ. Yes. (laughs) So everything as a team we're doing everything working together as a team in agreement with lots of love lots of yeah grace and we thank god it's given us a vision too and it's part of the reasons why we want to leave china because mm. we want to attack our loans mm. yeah. see you see how he said you guys notice how he said our loans I like that. It's our loans. (laughs) (laughs) They've got my name on them. They're from my college education, which did earn me the salary I have, but it's still my loan, but it's our loan. I like that. I won't change it. You know what I'm saying? I accept that. I mean, even in the world, that's what happens when you buy a company or any venture, right? You, Mm. You inherit assets and you also inherit liabilities. Mm. So, good way of thinking about it. It's a package. Mm. I have it all. You don't get it choose and pick which ones you like and which ones you don't like Mm -hmm. so it's our loans now Mm. and we are going to pay it off so that we can have the freedom to allow God to (laughs) do with us as he pleases to take us anywhere he wants us to serve that's Mm -hmm. that's my goal that Mm -hmm. we need to pay the loans off then we can really it's not like a prerequisite for us to do but paying the loans off will give us that room to be able to allow ourselves to be used anywhere in the world where God calls us because as it stands now we have we've humanly placed certain restrictions and wisely so because we have loans you can just get up and all in the name of serving God or doing ministry anywhere just go when you have loans to pay so we want to be debt free so that we can be more useful to God so that we can even give more to others. We don't mm-hmm. know where God is going to call us. Yes. But even wherever we live, we can give more. Because yes. now we're paying loans. What happens when we pay off the loans? Where do those monies go? We have more freedom to give, to help people, and to, um, yeah, just be useful in the kingdom of God. And that's that's useful. We don't want to leave that to our kids, too. Yeah. So we Leave we, that we, to our kids. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, what was I going to say? I mean, I think that's a, that's good. And I, I look forward to our future together, um, continuing to live together, continuing to, like we talked about habits, instilling good habits into our children, sowing into our children and others, um, getting to see the progress we've made from our humble beginnings. And yes, I mean, there's just so much to look forward to. Yeah. Yes, we're full of hope and assurance in Christ, not just for heaven, but for maybe I can say heaven on earth. I don't know if that's the right way. Oh, yeah. Yes. So, I mean, we're experiencing it now, but there are levels. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. levels of glory. Mm. So, takeaways. Oh, me first? Sure. Oh, takeaways. Selflessness. It's a worthy goal. It's one that you never attain completely. It's it's one that you can always become more of. And it's a worthy thing to pursue in life and in marriage. So I've learned that I constantly, daily need to be selfless. And I thank God for teaching me that through my marriage, that 
I always tell people I thought I was patient until I got married. I thought I was understanding until I got married. And now I had to be more patient. Now I had to be more understanding. I had to be more loving. I had to be more kind and compassionate. So being selfless is, I believe, what God has been teaching me in this season. And it's an important thing in Christianity that I be selfless, not only to my wife, but really to everyone. Yeah, that's what I've learned. I had two earlier, and that was one of them, and I can't remember the other one, unfortunately. I'm wishing and hoping it will come to my mind before we wrap things up, but uh, I have two more. (laughs) The first is grace. God gave us grace, and we likewise can and should extend grace to others, and especially our spouses. Um, who we live in close quarters with. So maybe they need more grace because some people, they need your grace, but you also might not see them again. So you don't have to deal with you know certain things, but mm-hmm. yeah, your spouse needs a lot of grace from you. Extend grace. You've been given it so that you can extend it to others. It's abundant. And the second is agreement. Agreement is very important. We, you know, God is triune. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit all agree. We are one with Christ. He's the head, we're the body, and we agree. We agree with one another. We are in perfect unity with one another, or at least least we ought to be, and also with Christ. And agreement is also necessary in your marriage. You're one. The Bible says the two become one flesh, and we have to also be unified. We have to be in agreement. Those things will certainly nourish your marriage as opposed to take from it or destroy it or diminish diminish it so yep the last other one never came so (laughs) my last point that i couldn't remember it didn't come back so that's what i've got amos chapter 3 verse 3 can two walk together unless they be agreed so when you say that i thought of this scripture Mm -hmm. if you want to walk together if you want to get far then you have to agree Mm -hmm. yeah it's as simple as that yep yeah, we are growing into each other and um, God is making us better than we were. And that's the beauty of marriage, that God uses it as an instrument to draw us to himself, to make us better, that he can serve us, not just to our spouses, but to, to others. So he takes us, he breaks us, and he serves us. And you have to be willing to be broken. That's the selflessness that I was talking about. No brokenness, no fruitfulness. You have to let him break you and you have to die to yourself. And in that way, you can be more useful. You can be served to a lot of people in life. And that's our goal. Thanks for listening. We love you.